0: Welcome to another episode of Stamper Cinema. As always, I am your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for downloading this latest episode. We are inching ever so closely to our 100th episode, which is freaking unreal. I can't believe it. Thank you for everybody that that's uh, helped us along this journey. And seeing that we're still in our 90s month, we're actually going to close out this 90s month, but... I wanted to bring our resident 90s expert. I think that the guest that we have in store for us today is a man that knows more about the 90s than, well, some people, I imagine, in some circles. So, at least in his circles, he definitely is the forefront. You know what? I'm, I'm just giving him a hard time. I'm just trying to see if I can get him to crack his a little smile as I'm, I'm bantering. Of course, we've got Johnny Bones here. I'm, oh, hello! woohoo. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. Happy New Year to you. This, is our Thank first, you. this is our first episode of season four. How have you been? I've been great, man.
1: I've been really good. Uh, life's not too bad here in Austin, Texas, man. You know, enjoying it. I uh, had a birthday recently, turned a big three eight. Wow. So if anybody's doing the math, that would put my 90s experience between the ages of 5 to 15, um, which are pretty formidable years. I would say. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know. Oof, lot, lot going on. I mean, a mm-hmm. whole decade. Uh, but I've really enjoyed listening to your pods that you've done. And uh, let, I can't wait to touch base on some of those, whether it's Starship Troopers Days of Confused or um, Pepper around. It's such
0: a fun decade. It uh, really is. It's a fun decade. You know, it was, it's the, the last decade before obviously September 11th and, you know, like the millennium and everything. And, There is kind of several recurring themes that I think we'll get into and for the listeners, if you're kind of curious, we're just going to be chatting about the 90s. We're going to try to cover the 90s in 90 minutes or less, um, which that I think is a is a tall ask for john and I because we have this tendency to go on these, these tangents, but we're gonna try to keep this crisp, we're gonna, we're gonna try to stay on target. But we also want to give the 90s. It's fair. It's fair respects. So I don't know. I guess because this being a, a film-based podcast, we're gonna spend more time talking about the, uh, the the films of the '90s. But of course, I imagine we'll we'll talk a little bit of the news because a lot of things happened in the '90s. Whether it was the fall of the Soviet Union, or whether it was. OJ. OJ, Princess <laughs> uh, Guy passing, uh, the Macarena, about, uh, you know, I mean, all how, sorts about of Bobbitt?
1: how about Bobbit? How about John and Lorena Bobbit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How about exactly. Tanya Harding?
0: Tanya Harding, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the LA riots, uh, Tupac, Notorious B.I.G., Kurt Cobain, Shannon Noon, many, many artists that had a you know um, a passing way too soon.
1: We lost, I mean, everybody probably has that moment in their decade. I think that's one thing Andy was kind of mentioning is like, is it just us able to look back now at this moment in time and realize like where it was going and maybe, you know, down the road we'll be able to see the 2010s in the same way. Uh, but I definitely think the 90s were almost like the 60s where there were, there, there was a lot of turmoil. and, uh, uh, But also there's a lot of like uh, heroes and people who died, Cobain, uh, yep. Tupac, you said Biggie. Uh, there, there were a lot of artists uh, that were, um, oof, Life's got cut
0: short a little too yeah. soon.
1: Yeah. Do you know if Do you know if the, Farley,
0: uh, Farley, man, Candy passed away in the nineties?
1: Yeah, different reasons, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Man, well, I, I do have a part whole. Man, I, I do have a whole tribute for Farley. Uh, I, I want to talk about him later. Um, okay,
0: or, or we can talk about him now. Well, I, don't know, know. I think I think we're just going to get it. We're, we're just giving a little teaser. Okay. Um, but one thing that you did mention is, I mean, there you know, there were there were positive moments and then there were down moments. There were some things that happened that did, would transition that would become talking points even in the 21st century. Right. Because Columbine obviously was so, so impactful. And that was the late 90s. And you sure. look at obviously we're still 25 years later still talking about school shootings yep. and, and and horrible things like that. You've got kind of the, I don't want to say, it wasn't the beginning of the public not trusting government, but kind of that moment where we just, we really kind of gave up on the government just to stop doing work and instead point fingers at each other with the whole Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton scandal, mm-hmm. that even today there's ramifications of the way that, you know, the left and right point fingers trying to, um you know out scandal each other really you know it, it was I think that's a great one right.
1: yeah, a great thing to point a finger out of um it, it, a changing <laughs> a changing yeah. of the guard <laughs> yeah. but like where it, it became like more of a a political talk or a pop culture uh mm-hmm. but I mean in a way Clinton came in with a pop culture attitude and that's one of the things that helped get his votes was uh he was the guy who was getting out there on TV you um, got
0: that on um, MTV, Answered the question. Uh, if he's start. Arsenio pie.
1: Hall. Yeah. Uh, he played the saxophone. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So that celebrity status. And then when we get a guy who was on like celebrity fear factor or something as a president, you know, now we can see over 20 years. Exactly. How yep. far 20 years will get us. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I guess, you know, maybe we'll, we'll you know, we, we've covered a little bit of news and maybe we'll, we'll come back into that. But a lot of things happened in the 90s. And you had referenced a little change in the guard kind of idea of, you know, going from the 80s into the 90s. But one thing that we look at when it comes to film, there were several recurring themes that you would find all throughout the decade. And whether we want to take a deep dive into any of them, just some things that come to mind. Well, like, I, go ahead.
1: Well, I, um, well you, you were saying something that had come to mind. Something that comes to mind is uh, that you were mentioning the other day. In regards to the Burbs, which came out in '89, was that there was a writer strike, mm. and so I'm and, thinking, and for like the listeners,
0: uh, John and I talk, uh, we watch some movies on uh, on Stream Lounge, and we covered stream, uh, we covered the Burbs on Stream Lounge, and that movie came out um, or was uh, being filmed during a notorious writer strike in the late '80s.
1: So so I'm not quite sure if that's a place, but I'm kind of just, you know, thinking about that in in general is like when you're going into the 90s, you're coming off of a bit of a writer strike. And uh, you're right. And I don't know if you I don't know if that's a natural jumping away point, but that's kind of where I'd be. If you know any stories or something along the lines of how it was going or perhaps there was these writers sitting back and not wanting to put their best work out and all of a sudden they start putting them out in the 90s.
0: I don't know. I can't think of necessarily writers that were sitting back, uh, but I do know that the 90s were a notorious decade for emerging talent when it comes to writers. I think if I were just to name one right off the top of the head, it's obvious Quentin Tarantino. Uh, not to take away from Kevin Smith, which, you know, independent cinema, he created, you know, he he wrote Clerks. Film was made on a budget of, you know, less than sixty or $70,000. And then you'd have... Other people like kevin williamson who uh you know would write dawson's creek and and uh and then you'd have other other people like wes anderson who got his start or shit, even jerry seinfeld the stand-up comedian who wrote the all-time 90s show about nothing in in the tv show Se- seinfeld and granted that that was something that i think it finally came out in 91 maybe 92 But they recorded a pilot for it and it just kind of sat on the shelves for a little bit before it found its audience like a year later or something like that. But speaking of writing, I mean, this was an era that was really like one of the themes was talking. And if you look at like a lot of the the movies, there's a shitload of talking that goes on in these 90s films, just a lot of back and forth banter. Uh, Some of the best scenes in Quentin Tarantino movies are literally just conversations, you know, like two people in an elevator or two people in a car. you take Kevin uh, Kevin Smith and clerks. Really, it's just two guys talking, and one of which is kind of like it's like the ultimate Gen X movie. Like, I'm not even supposed to be here today, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, y- you see a lot of the you, you see a lot of that, <laughs> that theme going on. Wait, 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 you transition that from like
1: past times where it's like, I hope it was a hell of a shit
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was a hell of a shit, Arnold. Arnold uh, yeah, that's yeah,
1: what yeah, I'm yeah. Like. yeah. So, we've come a little ways from the 80s, we're, we're in a more gentle stage. We've listened to the gym Blossoms and we've melted a bit as a as a people uh, going in the 90s.
0: Yeah, there is like the sense of uh, like simpler times. And yet another theme that you would find going on throughout the 90s is kind of like this this fear of the millennial. Right. You take a movie like Independence Day. It's the end of the world. Or you take a movie like Armageddon, the end of the world speak mm-hmm, mm-hmm. movie like the matrix it's the end okay. of the world uh,
1: i'm gonna read something out to you real quick it's okay, called block, it's section called blockbusters oh, slash okay. spinoffs and uh franchises matrix armageddon phantom menace twister terminator 2 jurassic park Independence Day, the mummy men in black
0: okay. are, these, are these the movies we're speaking of all 90s i mean they're all those are all 90s films but like when you look at thematically there are parallels and crossovers that You know, we are approaching the end of a a millennium, you know, like we are looking at the end of a thousand years, uh, looking at the end of a 100 years, obviously, but looking at the end of like a full thousand years. So some of these films that we're looking at, what does the next century look like? Are we at this age where it's going to be the end of it? You know, like the Matrix obviously tackles into the whole concept of. Uh, I should I completely forgot the name of when artificial intelligence cat, 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 catches up to us. Uh, there's a there's a terminology for it and I, I completely I'm, I'm drawing a blank. It will come to me in a minute. But. Those are themes that are explored, and then natural disasters and maybe like you know volcano or Armageddon. Well, Armageddon is more than a natural disaster. That's just don't don't z- give away too many of your duo movies, man. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, there's a lot to talk about, and yeah. we're you know we're about eight minutes in. I feel like I already like name dropped like thirty films. This is a decade, and again, I know you were like five to fifteen in the nineties. I would have been eleven through. No, I would have been. Yeah, 11 through 19, you know, yeah. like that would have been how old oh, you're a lucky I was. man. You're a lucky man. I mean, it like, was, you know, I still think of myself as like a kid of the 80s because of the fact that like you you discovered the world really mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. like 5 to 8, 9 years old. And mm-hmm. uh, at least I, I, I certainly did. But yeah, it was all like my tween to teenage years. I mean, that's really like my entire mm-hmm. 90s were my tweens to the end of you know, my teens and, and to, the, to the time I turned 20 years old, but
1: even though it's lower tech, you wouldn't trade the four years of Atari and Nintendo for the four years of uh, computers. And cause like, I, I would say where we mesh and kind of come in between is golden. like I would Ooh. think we, we've both played some golden eye, oh, yeah. but like then there's like the counter-strike and there's kind of moving on into the PC, but you wouldn't trade your Nintendo duck hunting uh, top Not gun it. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other Nintendo games. Oh, my God.
0: Top Gun. It was fucking virtually impossible to land the ship on the aircraft carrier. I don't know if I ever really advanced anywhere on that. But, yeah, like I – I, my first console was an Atari. And would I think the game that I, I would have played as, as a wee kid would have been a game called Pitfall, uh, which I loved. And then got my Nintendo and – just loved loved it you know super mario super mario 2 super mario 3 duck hunt uh did you get the
1: duo disc du- duck hunt mario oh, yeah or was it all oh, singular yeah.
0: you okay no no no, no I, so it, it, came, it, was, it came with the gun yeah yeah i mean now we're, we're kind of segwaying back into the 80s but within the 90s mm-hmm. i would have gotten the sega genesis and I, so i would have discovered sonic the hedgehog love mm-hmm. that shit. sure and then in the mid-90s, that's when I got the uh, the PlayStation. I never really got into mm-hmm. video games, like computer video games, but from a console perspective, I went from Atari to Nintendo to Sega Genesis to PlayStation to uh, N64, which when I think of N64, that takes me to like some, because I didn't own one until the year 2000, but one of my buddies on the island, I've well, he was a buddy. I I've re- I've referenced him on on the show before. Fucking assholes now. Mm-hmm. But when we were kids, uh I hope were a shark few- eats him. <laughs>
1: Just <laughs> like a we Jaws kids, <laughs> they, Yeah, they had
0: the N64, and we would do uh, Golden Eye. And really, my my jam then it still is today is uh, Mario Kart. Like Mario Kart, Absolutely. like Mario Kart 64. Top 10 greatest video game ever, ever. Uh, Yeah, absolutely.
1: GoldenEye, right? Yeah, GoldenEye, that's also in the top 10. um, Mario, you're moving around. Uh, Absolutely. The video gaming world is amazing. Um, But you wouldn't, you'd like the earlier to later. And you were, you got to be older for the music and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like you just, There's nothing 2000, like say 2000 to 2004, what the heck? I mean, not what, 9-11 happened like 2001. So it's like, you wouldn't want those four years. Like I'd rather have the first four years. You know what? And maybe you got better years.
0: Yeah. Maybe we'll have a conversation about (laughs) like 2000 to 2009, you know, the, the odds, if you will, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a discussion on that. Um, cause I mean, there, there's a lot of good memories from that. Obviously that's a decade that very much we think of September 11th and the, the aftermath of mm. that, but there were some good things that happened at the, at the turn of the century, but the nineties, you know, it, it's funny because we think of it as a simpler time and mm. many people have these very, very fond memories and maybe that's, what's is really all about, yep. but the art, the, the art that really did come out of the nineties was mm-hmm. just very, very rich. Right. Yep. You know, we, we've seen things change and we've seen things evolve, but you saw the dawn of hip hop in a way that we that we now know of it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the way that the, the like obviously you had run DMC and the BC boys in the 80s, but in the 90s, we we, we discovered East Coast versus West Coast rap or even, uh, you know, uh, Atlanta rap, right? I mean, we, we saw. Well, we I think that. that's
1: what we saw that was beautiful within that decade was it was still regionalized. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and like, and it was, you know, there was a lot of word of mouth going on. And it's mm-hmm. somewhat tied to the movies is one of the best parts was going to watch the previews. Like you'd want your mom to go drop you off in the movies early just so you could watch the previews, just so you go to school the next day Absolutely. and you would talk about the, like you could talk about one thing about the movie, but then you get one thing for each of the four previews. So, yeah. uh, but, um, absolutely word of mouth in the idea of things are regionalized you mentioned like east coast west coast rap uh outcast was in there from the uh, but also Houston rap uh south rap Ooh, right. uh, it, it, you know it was so cool and like this is one of those great things about like we all can agree that the internet's an amazing thing you and I are using it right now chug it uh <laughs> uh the, the one thing we lost is that idea that the cream has to rise to the top Like the only reason why you would hear something in Elena is because it was good enough to get to me. And then I Mm. would meet up with you and, you know, my cousin and I'd be like, Hey, you got to try this CD or you got to try this tape and stuff. Also so much stuff was more free it was expected to be free. Like nobody ever paid for water in the (laughs) nineties. We we paid a quarter for Coca-Cola. You want to know what I miss most? The vending machines of the nineties. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, Absolutely. I think uh, – and then what was, like, the McDonald's thing where – or was it Pepsi, where if you, you drank enough Pepsi, you could get win a Harrier Jet? Um, I'm just trying to think of things that Yeah, happened. somebody
1: tried somebody to, try like, cheat the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and our listeners are going to have to tell us if it was 2000 in the 90s. I'm like, when was the Taco Bell if the meteor was going to hit, and then, like, everybody <laughs> won a taco?
0: I don't know. Uh, I don't know that one.
1: Yeah, well, you, you're probably – it probably was. Yeah, it was. T- the meteor is probably coming towards y'all
0: guys. Yeah,
1: it's um, like but, in deep impact.
0: Yeah, deep impact. But yeah, like so. You, you know, we mentioned uh, East Coast versus West Coast uh, West Coast uh, hip hop, right? You had the birth of grunge. You had the birth of like uh, the mm-hmm. new British invasion and Britpop, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and and Absolutely. a lot of those artists, you see the influences that they created still, like have. Effect even today, right? So there, there are a lot of really
1: well, I think Brit pops a great example of it and how it there is probably this building in Britain, and you in Bermuda had probably heard about it. But by the time, it, it, and the same thing happened in Seattle with grunge, but by the time it came over and we started hearing about Spice Girls and David Beckham, you know, is winning the treble and stuff like that, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden there's a tidal wave. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just one band, you know, it's like uh Mumford and Stones. Oh, they're from London or something like that. You see, you're getting everybody you're getting, uh, Oasis. Uh, was it Steel roses? I, I you're older than me. You, that was your Stone turn. roses. Yeah. yeah. So like
0: your Brit pop bands, you would have had, uh, Oasis. Stone roses, uh, Stone Roses. You would have had pulp. You would have got blur. Mm. Um, and then oh, you would have crossed over into a little, like the trip hop, like massive attack or Portishead. Um, Tricky, you know, there were like all these, like for all the stuff that was coming over here, there was that same amount of artists over in the UK, like, um, like Beth Orton as well, you know, like there was just a lot going on. And then, you know, in 1994, I don't know if it was, if, I don't know if Kurt Cobain's suicide was the death of grunge, grunge that would transition into it, Mm -hmm. or if it was, I don't know, shit. Um... Billy Corgan shaving off his head, you know, like shaving off his hair or whatever. It didn't help.
1: It didn't help. <laughs> it did. He still had enough hair. But then again, maybe he saw that uh, Ian Black guy from like Second City because like they're from Chicago and stuff like that. Maybe he <laughs> saw him and goes, oh, dang it. We look too similar. I'm mm. going to shave it on off this time.
0: Yeah, it has to go. It has He's to go.
1: Gotta go. Uh, I think Co- I think Cobain's death. uh I mean i i kind of spoke of it like uh where the deaths i think were a big part of it um uh, y'all spoke in the last y'all's last pot about drug use and like it um we didn't know how to youtube or you know they, and drug use is always a crazy thing people are going crazy off fentanyl apparently now and stuff right. like that so it, uh when i think about a movie like train spotting or uh a few other ones and stuff Hold like that yeah, it's it's a real thing that was happening and going on and stuff like that is still going on today. So yeah. those, in a way, those movies, they're really good movies, but we shouldn't judge them by their drug aspect. They're just it's kind of what's going on in the movie.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it was a product of the time because there was this, you know, uh, quote, war on drugs. Right. This is something that was mm-hmm. that they were launching, that they were really trying to. um save america's youth nancy
1: nancy reagan yeah, you're nancy talking reagan about ronald reagan yeah.
0: they you know they they had oh. started off with like the mad and sad you know mothers and drivers and dare and then you got dare yeah and that would transition and then uh you, you know uh bill clinton because he smoked pot and then there then after mm-hmm. uh like his reelection, bob dole well you yeah, had waco they, wake up yeah Rico as well oh, yeah that,
1: that was one of the biggest ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but yeah just, there's
0: just like this whole like war on drugs was it another like recurring theme so I mean we've spoken a little bit about uh the fact that there was uh the, this fear of the millennium there was also this fear on the war on drugs but not everything was uh, that's elite. a hard
1: thing you know what you just gotta mention it uh, I guess that just reminded me of like living through it It's like y 2k was a real fear yes yeah. <laughs> kind of like it might not quite be the levels of people – how people feel about COVID because it, it was just in one day and it passed. But it, some of the same fears of like going into the year 2000 and Y2K, like there are some people who are freaking out a bit or weren't sure if their bank accounts are going to work the next day and stuff. Yeah, they thought technology was so, going to
0: like reset as a yeah. result of it, which is just so yeah. funny to think about now. But yeah, that, that, was, that yeah. was a real thing. Yeah. That was something that people were – legit terrified for
1: the ones going to turn into zeros to carry over. We didn't <laughs> read the program, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, to, but the, to think about like an idea of a fear, like it was a real fear that we were dealing Absolutely. with. Absolutely. I, I guess, I guess it, it was
0: a waste of time to worry about it.
1: <laughs> we, we know uh, now. Those Poor <laughs>
0: bastards that all killed themselves uh, because yeah. of it, you know, but whatever. Sure. Um, <laughs> but it, there were, you know, there were other, elements that, things that happened in the 90s that were very, uh, that were important. You take, we, we now started to see filmmakers show a different side uh, of life. You, you started to see a rise in uh, female directors or minority directors or, um, you know, members of the uh, LGBTQ, LGBTQ uh, community as well, right? And then you saw people like, uh, who was a John Singleton creating, interesting discussion pieces by doing like movies like Boys, Boys in the Hood. Hood. Yeah. So we were, we were seeing, we were seeing things. Now, granted, you know, Spike Lee had shown Brooklyn, um, you know, and shown New York City and uh, do the right thing. And there was obviously social commentary, but what John Singleton did with Boys in the Hood, that opened up a whole new um, narrative and, and something to speak about because obviously, you, you know, that also kind of would subsequently coincide with the, the, the Rodney King beating and the L.A. riots had that would take place, uh, you know, around the same time frame. So a lot, a lot to you know go on and really, really think about. But on the other side, then then there were fun things that happened you, because the, the 90s also loved the shit out of some teen comedies as well. Right. I mean, just. Oh, I mean,
1: yeah. That's a good place to start. Let's cheer it up. I mean, The Lion King. Is it the best Disney movie of all time? Toy Story, it reinventing the game, right? All of a sudden, you get Pixar. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Save Steve Jobs' career.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Good old Steve S.J. He doesn't like (laughs) me calling him that. But but, uh, I think there's a lot of good ones. Uh, Sandlot. Um, You know, to kind of, I think that this movie was an amazing one for the artists and the directors and probably the writers who. as I was in my head, Canon, they're coming off a strike and they're they're working hard and they got their best scripts. Uh, but I do think you see this kind of area of where it reminds you a bit of those. what I think of like the 70s where you're getting people who are given these money and they're giving these. Hey, you get a one hundred thousand dollars or you get one hundred million dollars to make Starship Troopers or you get this. And these directors, maybe because the Internet's coming into it, some or graphics are coming into it, some um, and The days of Confused. It's like uh, most of their budget went to that opening credit song. And it really sets the tone of the entire movie. Yeah. But I think you get a lot of these directors, uh, your Wes Andersons or your Richard Linkletters, who are coming off. And they they know the stories of Spielberger or uh, Spielberger. Spielberger. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but these guys from, I like to believe that they hear about these guys from the 70s or Lucas who got these things. And, and so they're recreating this time. Now, we'll find out later on if this is just a cycle that happens every 20 to 30 years. Uh, But in the 90s, I feel like you had so much talent coming through. Um, And whether it's the big budget directors like your James Cameron or Steven Spielberg's, or your low level guys, there's a, a whole bunch of talent. Yeah, but
0: yeah,
1: yeah, but kids movies, man. Uh, favorite kids movie, Mighty Duck or Sandlot. Um, um, I'm going I'm, I'm going Sandlot. Yeah, I'm for my Sandlot. money, I'm going
0: Sandlot. For yeah. my money. I'd be going Sandlot. Uh, um,
1: Lion King or Toy Story? Lion King. Oh, uh, man,
0: that's I'm gonna I'm gonna call that one a tie. I can't I can't. No, I'm gonna say Toy Story. Uh I yeah. love the Lion King. If yeah. you were to give me another Disney cartoon cartoon from the nineties, I would take The Lion King, but yeah, no. Gee,
1: well, if you know another cartoon that came out in the 90s, uh let me know. But you know, uh, was, Beauty was, and the
0: Beast. Nice. So but, i take I take Lion King over Beauty and the Beast.
1: And I bet Ellie would definitely take Beauty and the Beast over Lion King. Yes, yes, uh, yes, she would. And she wins. Um but um so I was thinking about Toy Story, right? And whereas so much I think you're Kirk and I'm Spock and that dynamic's still the same. <laughs> I think in the Toy Story, Woody though is the leader. Like I'm Woody and you're Buzz, but like, but I'm kind of the the tall leader guy in it. <laughs> you're the flashy guy. He just comes in, he's sitting at the bar with his fiance and I'm Hi, walking Mrs. through. And-
0: <laughs> Sorry. just I, I love Toy Story. Just, uh, I love that moment when, when Woody does, uh, when like all hope is gone, and now he's being like he's playing with the, <laughs> yes. the girl, and he's having like a tea party, and he's like, "Come on, Buzz!" He's like, yeah. "I'm Mrs. Nesbit." He
1: <laughs> doesn't even have his arm. It's very, yeah, yeah, Jamie, yeah. it's very much like Jamie Lannister, right? Like, yeah. Love- yeah.
0: Oh my god! Buzz so- is a precursor <laughs> to Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Oh man, but you know what? Um, so you have hmm. like kid, you had like kid films, but you also oh. have like out and out like teenage movies. You know, so you would have okay. Um, well shit, I mean now that I think about it, like the other thing that was really fun in the 90s was not just like teen comedies, but like teen comedies that were like inspired by like famous literature. So like uh Clueless was inspired by Emma. Oh Clueless. Okay, yeah. Uh 10 Things I Hate About You was inspired by Taming of the Shrew or mm-hmm. or She's all that was uh from Pygmalion, right? So like these 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 90s comedies uh that were inspired by other other works but one thing that obvious Oh, the other thing that uh, kind of like coincides in, in is parallel and i'm trying to keep this on topic, but the 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 age of the soundtrack where even movie previews would reference the songs that are in this movie. It's a movie, mm-hmm. but you're like in the movie preview and it's like, you're going to watch this movie and you're going to hear music by this band or mm-hmm. this artist. Uh, Dangerous Minds, for example, you know, like...
1: I'm the best most of our lives living in a King's mm-hmm. paradise. Yep, exactly.
0: Um, can't hardly wait when that movie came out. You know, they, they were they were talking about the music that was in that Empire record, same thing. Um, but soundtracks was a, was a big, big... Big, well, bumbling, it, bumbling. uh big like booming success uh, of well, the nineties. And to keep in
1: mind, why? It, I think you know the answer. Why? Because you could sell a CD and an album. Like yes. That's a that was an extra way to make money. Is because CDs were a thing. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't we had VHS and we had to buy the CDs and soundtrack. In the two thousand, we got DVDs. That's like a combined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, uh But yeah, uh I guess it makes it. But also, I guess those like artists, like perhaps because those artists, it, they've never been able to really control their works and stuff like that. Like people could probably buy those songs a dime a dozen almost. And you're almost just fitting what songs could work your albums or you're doing them a favor. I'm sure somebody's showing up and be like, hey, how would you like to have your song? And then especially when MTV started getting going, it's like your song's going to be in the new MTV, huh? How about that? Yeah, <laughs> you, get, you get paid nada.
0: Yeah. Uh, I and mean, MTV. I mean, MTV, I, I don't even know if we've mentioned it before, but its effect on everything in the in the nineties is also very, very like yeah. vital. Obviously, MTV was launched really in the 1980s, but I think its like adult years was in the the early half of the nineties. And then they, you know, then they discovered reality television, which became kind of like the the downward uh spiral that mtv would then subsequently you know stop really talking about music and then start focusing on other other forms of entertainment really leaning heavily into reality television and, and, game well, they, show just sold and out.
1: they just sold out like everybody else they just sold out like everybody know, else. Like i just I, you know I, I do the same thing and i think it's because of how much we were in love with mtv you know and how like how how much that's where we went to go get uh, kurt loader right i'm sure you yeah. can name a whole ton of the news artists and. And I'm sure they weren't happy, but it wasn't them who was going, hey, <laughs> everybody loves uh, rock and jock sports. So let's show so let's get you know, let's get the challenge going on. Uh yeah. part four. Um, you know, it's just uh marketing and commercialism and twenty in the 24-hour news cycle, mm-hmm. right? And we saw the expansion. Uh, and I guess one day if the internet ever goes out, I hope people just get to the idea like it's okay if the stream is sp- get smaller, like you can survive. You don't mm-hmm. need an infinite stream of knowledge like uh, you can enjoy it if, if uh, you can You can enjoy radio bunny ears and stuff.
0: You know, what? you just said something that made me think I want to I'm going to play a game here. So I'm going to put on a stopwatch or a timer. I'm going to set a timer for 30 seconds. Okay. And this is a, this is more of a game for me than anything. But Uh, You said you could probably name a bunch of like MTV, DJ, like VJ, because they were VJs, video, video jockeys, not disc jockeys. So I'm going to try to name as many VJs as I can think of in 30 seconds. I'm going to hit. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right. I'm going to hit start right now. So you had Adam uh, Adam Curry, Kurt Loader, Tabitha Soren, Downtown Julie Brown, Oh, fuck. Uh, you had Kennedy. You had Polly Shore. Um, well, I got six. I can't. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Can you think of any that I'm missing? What um, was Bellamy or Dave? Uh, the guy oh, who actually yeah, yeah, rock and yeah. drugs for is Dave. 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 Like, uh, into, it starts with a day or something. But there was like Bill Bellamy or something like that. Uh, Matt that we're also
1: talking about like the shows like MTV Rap or yeah. uh, ba- oh. uh Headbangers Ball. or
0: Yeah. Well, I got eight in 30 seconds. So there we go. That's that's what that's I was sad. able to yeah, Not bad. Not bad. No. Nah. So. You were there. You were there, man. I was there. I was there. Um, um, no, I you... know. go ahead no please please no no, 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 you 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 You, um i mean we've covered a lot of different things in kind of just a discussion these are things that happened over the next half of this conversation i would like to take a little bit more of a deeper dive into maybe talking about this movie or that movie getting into a little bit more nuanced conversation but just another little theme because that's i think this first half of our conversation has just really been discussing what were some of the common threads and and trends that we saw in the 90s. Another one was the decade of action movies and in a way that we hadn't seen before. You know, you had mentioned Spielberg, but this was a decade that like, it was not just action, but it was like over the top action, right? The decade that launched us Michael Bay or John Woo, uh, James Cameron got, a lot of money uh, to do to blow up shit, you know. Whether it was Terminator 2, whether it was True Lies, uh, or completely change the game with a little movie called Titanic. But then you would have your your big action stars like Steven Seagal or or um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? So I mean, you had this, this John Claude Van Damme, John Claude Van Damme, right? You, you started seeing a lot of the eight the eighty action
1: stars fizzling a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe people have blamed Michael Keaton for that. Michael Keaton. Uh-huh. What did Michael uh-huh. Keaton have? Well, Michael oh, Keaton was Batman. a suit.
0: And mm-hmm. all of a
1: sudden he's able to uh uh get abs for nothing. He doesn't even work out. He just Whatever. hangs he just hangs upside Whatever. down. He's not even doing sit-ups. He just looks like a bat. Uh but no, but that's also where I feel like they like in the 90s, uh it uh you, you got your biggest bang for your buck. You got, I mean, The Rock is one of my favorite movies, you know, and it's just like, it's such a fun movie. And then whenever, and this one also as well, it's like in the nineties, I think it's easier to look back on now and go, look at what Nicolas Cage became and look at who Sean Connery was. And, and so like, it's easy to kind of, you know, shoot an arrow and paint a bullseye around it. Uh, but, yep. you know, it, it's still also a fun, cool movie that holds up.
0: Yep. OK, so, John, we've I, th- I think we've done a good job of at least introducing the 90s as a decade. We, you know, we've covered uh-huh. a little bit of the news. We've covered some of the themes. Uh-huh. I think maybe we should perhaps take a a little bit of a closer look. I don't know. Do you want to take a closer look at the music or do we really want to lean heavily into the films? What, what would you what would you like to discuss? I just want to I want to harness this a little bit while we've you know, for this for this back half.
1: God damn it, Andrew. I've a win on night for you to ask me this question. <laughs> Let's talk about blockbusters. Okay. Now, I'm going to name out a few. And uh, if I miss any, but like uh, your favorite blockbuster. I'll tell you what. Armageddon. I, Independence Day. Twister. I mean, you got a favorite blockbuster? Just big movie. When you think... When I think about the 90s, I think about the, going to see Jurassic Park
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and my dad taking me to go see that movie. And when we walk in and there's all these uh, paper mache stuff. They didn't do cutouts back in those days. Oh, no. They had a bunch of paper mache looking trees and crazy looking things like, like they're picking their heads out and shit like that. But uh, when I think about the 90s, I think about going to see Jurassic Park and how great the experience was. And to me, that's uh, I love the big movie aspect of the 90s, mm-hmm. the big action film. And I think it relates to today because all you see are action, big, big
0: budget action movies. Yeah, I remember seeing Jurassic Park as well. Now, my father didn't take me to see that one. I went on a date to see Jurassic Park with with uh with with a uh, with, with with a lady named Catherine come to uh fun fact is that um, a good
1: date movie i mean it seems like a good date but there's not like a real...
0: one, it was a wonderful date movie for a 12 or i guess it would have been 13 year old 13 years old 13 or 14 year old Andrew <laughs> stamper uh it was a wonderful you take her on on, on your yamaha No, no, this, I I saw this movie in Florida. So, and I had a Kawasaki. Thank you very much. (laughs) Sorry about Um, that. Yeah. uh, I don't know. I guess we would have had one of our mothers or no, I think in those days you would have had, you would have met at the met at the movie theater. You, you know, you wouldn't like be caught dead with your parents driving both of you. Yeah. Um, Well, my first date was the
1: wedding crasher. I think that was after the nineties, but we met at the mall. And then we went
0: to go mm. see the movie at the mall. But yeah, Catherine, bro- Chandler, Catherine Chandler and I, we, we saw Jurassic Park, and that was a special wow. that was a special date. Yeah. That's
1: good. That's nice. Yeah. And
0: then, yeah, then you we like so we, many great movie moments. And then we got to first. I, I oh first base, first case kissing, first base kissing. Um what is second base? Like over the you know what doesn't matter. Uh she's yeah. a lovely, lovely girl. Yeah. But, island, uh,
1: island culture might be different. <laughs> Dude, I watched Train spotting and that movie has a bit of awkwardness in in the long run between lady and person, yeah, a little it, bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a little bit, but I guess that's European. I don't know, like mm-hmm. in, in the 90s, did you even feel European or did you feel American? Well, I was, feel- I was a hybrid,
0: I was, yeah. So, like when I was in Bermuda, it's really funny, it was like an opposite reaction. When I was in Bermuda, I felt very American, mm-hmm. and when I was in the States, I felt very. Bermudian slash like English, you know, like it, it was a weird thing. I, I never really, you know, I, I got along with a lot of people, but I I, I didn't really, like I said, it wasn't until I was in my, my, my mid thirties mm-hmm. that I found a place. I'm like, Oh, this, this, this is me. I'm, I'm, I'm Austin.
1: Well, now now that, well, you have lived in Austin and you felt comfortable in Austin. So I guess does a movie like Dazed and Confused look, look any different after you lived in Austin compared to before you lived in Austin?
0: <laughs> yes and no, only just because I I know that it's, you know, it's a Texas film. But this this, you know, like another, even though it's a movie that took place in the theme, uh took place in the 70s, the theme was all about I don't want to say sticking it to the man, but it was this this rebellion against the 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 previous generation, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's really kind of what that you've got going on. Like, even like the up, incoming freshmen are revolting against the the seniors, right? You got the football players revolting against the coach, the kids revolting against their teachers, the kids revolting against their parents. It's just this kind of. I didn't really. That wasn't my experience. I got along great with my parents. You know, i i i that was that was never my experience. Uh, so, like my whole takeaway when I when I think of Days of Confused, it, I don't have it through the lens of Austin. Unfortunately, I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Shit, I might have more of an Austin relationship with a movie like Office Space now uh, than uh, than say Days of Confused. But Days of Confused is a movie that that is very important to me because I remember seeing that movie as a fifteen year old. And I was, when that movie came out, I was already a freshman going, I guess, going into my sophomore year, but so it was very easy to identify like my particular, not to like this, this just sounds like elitist bullshit, but my specific era of Gen X was very, very unique because it's, it was, it was the end of Gen X, right? We were the generation, like the, the closing generation of Gen X into becoming you know you're you millennials right it, it, it was the that was it like well, it i look at it. myself as a gen xer but you're not that's just it you're like there's no i n- came
1: from a closed-eyed world you <laughs> know like <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like the the people who are in the tribes of in the middle of the amazon are like even in the stone age or yet you know it's like right. i i i was a gen yeah i'm a dude i'm totally a I am not a millennial.
0: Don't you call me a well,
1: that's just If that there, you there, try there, to call. There,
0: so there is like this micro generation that does exist. And we're going to go on to a completely different tangent. But I'm okay with that. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll just be here. It was going to be 90 minutes in the 90s. It very well be 190 minutes in the 90s. But like that, the really what it comes down to is it seems like that the kids of like 70, maybe 76 through like 84 are its own like miniature generation um that not really quite fitting into gen x and not really quite fitting into millennial but mm-hmm. there is this because our generation we would have been introduced to computers in elementary school where the those before yeah. wouldn't have wouldn't have had it and then those of us after kids were essentially fucking taught on computers in school you know like we yeah. would have had like a computer or two like an elementary school and that was a big fucking what to do. Like, ooh, you know, today's be my computer day. I get to I get to hop on the on do the Macintosh. Remember, do you remember Oregon Trail? Oh oh my God, yeah. Dude yeah, totally like yeah yeah. But I'm with you I like died of dysentery there, there were, so many fucking times. <laughs>
1: was, hey, you know what I did whenever somebody died of dysentery? What's that? Go hunt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did after I ported a river? no i went i went hunting Mm. (laughs) when i went to a town i bought bullets you can save you could cut down on meat that way all you Um, do is
0: go hunting but but, yeah no we long way around something that we had discussed is a blockbuster so yes um jurassic some of your
1: favorite movies like you're big
0: blowing them up or i mean i love i love jurassic park uh, another big blockbuster film is the movie that really closed out the closed out the decade in the matrix which was just a movie oh, okay. that was something like you saw it and it was like that's what people thought mm-hmm. when they when they saw star wars in the in the late 70s i mean it was a movie that was just like what the shit is this mm-hmm. you know what i mean from those, a from a blockbuster perspective it was a movie that just completely completely changed the game now you need guns Lots yeah, of them. lots yeah. of guns. Um yeah. there, there were tons, tons of movies that <laughs> that were blockbuster that weren't blockbuster in the traditional sense. Because Quentin Tarantino didn't write Pulp Fiction thinking that it was going to be a blockbuster. You know what I mean? That was he. Uh, I mean, it was it, it did well in the festival circuit. And I don't think anybody thought that movie would gross over two hundred million dollars. You know, it, I wouldn't it,
1: think of that as a blockbuster, right? Um, um, but like your- I'm with you. I, let me throw in a few more at you. Yeah, because the, these are kind of my shoot 'em ups. Some people forget Total Recall was in the nineties. yeah, nineteen ninety. So whenever you think about like where Total Recall was. Uh and a sci-fi graphic kind of movie style. And then where we finish up with uh Phantom Menace and The Matrix, like that that's that's the distance. Like everything else is on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh but the Matrix definitely looks like a modern movie today. So does Jurassic Park, which came out a long time ago. And it is Jurassic Park kind of on my shot. is one of the better mo- best movies of the decade. Uh but how about these movies: Point Break, cliffhanger, yep. True Lies, yeah. 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 Heat, the Rock, Face Off, Blade, in nineteen
0: nines, The Mummy. Oh, yeah. No, I, the, I mean all of those. Those are, are fun movies. Yeah, just all fun movies. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I would probably, if I were to say, like my least favorite of the bunch, maybe, maybe The Rock, and yet The Rock is a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Um, it's so good. It's so good. I it's see so,
1: red smoke when I look at you now. I don't see green smoke. Come on, <laughs> the, the, the rock is so good. You you? I would just said, of
0: those you movies. Were, of those I films. also
1: said Face Off. You'd rather yeah. watch Face Off
0: than The Rock. Oh my god! Like I would love to do a deep dive on the film Face Off. That Face movie off. is just <laughs> so fucking insane, but so perfect because you've got two of the most ridiculous actors in Nick Cage and John Travolta. Mm -hmm. who always are going to give you something completely unpredictable. But here we go. The way that you pitch this movie. All right, so we're going to have Nick Cage as a bad guy. who do you pitch first? Who do you pitch first? It doesn't doesn't even matter. No, you're you're the the, guy. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. You have Nick Cage as a bad guy and John Travolta as a good guy. But what they're going to do is Mm -hmm. they're going to reverse roles. But what's really fun is you're going to have Nick Cage – pretending to be a good guy, but acting in a way that he thinks John Travolta would act. And then you have John Travolta, mm-hmm. who's now the bad guy, acting in a way that he thinks Nicolas Cage would act. So you've got two over-actors acting as if what they would think the other person would be doing. So it's complete mm-hmm. fucking chaos in the whole movie. None of it makes any sense. And That's a John Woo movie, right? And it's a John Woo movie who also did that Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, which was fucking amazing, where he was like the aliens, uh Oh, you're talking about hard to kill? Hard to kill, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, um,
0: yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but face off is so insane, and one of my favorite like visual like themes in the movie is this like weird like face like uh, I don't know like uh, they're kind of like it's almost like a waterfall thing, but it's like this mm-hmm. face waterfall. They put like the amount of shots in the movie where they put don't like go a chase the waterfalls, Andrew. Yeah, don't, go go the Jason. Waterfalls. Don't, don't go chasing um, waterfalls. J- they like run their hands down each other's faces in this uh, movie like 15 times. It's so weird. I've yes. never seen it in any other movie, but in that movie, they do it like 15 times. So it's an obvious choice. What the choice is, I don't know. And why it is, I have no fucking idea. But Face Off is the the most perfect, ridiculous, over-the-top, like overindulgent bullshit ever. And I fucking love it. I can watch that movie all the time. If mm-hmm. if you know, if I'm sitting at home on a Saturday and it's on like like basic cable, it could be on like AMC, and I know that they're going to cut out a lot of shit, but it's also going to run over. It's going to be like a three hour movie. Mm-hmm. I can tell you one thing: I'm not going to be doing anything from like noon until three. I'm like, no fuck off. I'm I'm watching Face Off right now. Uh, it, it's so insane, but I, I I love that movie.
1: I'm ready ready for the big round baby yeah yeah no i'm with you i mean i feel like that's a great thing that we we used to hate commercials but ignorance is bliss that gave us time to go do things mm-hmm. like it was actually you know i'm sure there was some tv editor like that used to work with walter cronkite back in the day it was like no we got to give people like five minutes to uh take a break every 20 to 15 and uh <laughs> and that's, that's kind of my wrong that's a terrible Walter
0: Cronkite that was, that was amazing <laughs> I yeah, knew exactly it. who you were doing oh
1: uh, well I, I guess I kind of get back just on like the idea of the 90s I I look back now 20 to 30 years later and I I think of it as more of a 60s than a 70s uh era and stuff like that uh so uh, I guess I'll try to keep it simple like that. Cause we go all day with, you know, movies like Sandra Bullock's, the net. And uh I, I can't remember if lawnmower man came out in the nineties, but I figured he got plugged in, but then like, when you relate that once again to the matrix, the matrix came out on the tail end. So they had all the uh, fun information.
0: Yeah. Matrix was 99. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, but- a For me, because that was the year that or rather uh, the summer of 99, I had I just moved back to the United States. And for the three or four months that I was living there before I joined the Navy, I worked at a movie theater and that 99, maybe after 1994, was probably the second best year in, in film that year. Like 99 was a year that we had the mummy, the matrix, the sixth sense. Uh, American Beauty. Oh uh, man. Um there's a couple others that I'm just like mistaken. That took home. Pardon me?
1: That uh it was American Beauty that took home the Academy Award, right? I believe so,
0: yeah. Yeah, Kevin Spacey That Space might be fun. I don't know.
1: I don't know if you have that whole list of just like which movie. Because in other ways I feel like it was such a thick year. Uh, our decade of just great films that were like, who was winning it? But a, a big part of that probably also came to, there weren't a lot of TV stations. So everybody was going to tune in for the Academy Awards. Right. We wanted to see them showing up,
0: you know, in the limos and stuff like that. Uh, your, your Oscar winning films in like no particular order. Uh, you had like The English Patient and Shakespeare in Love and mm-hmm. uh, Braveheart, Silence of the Lambs. Uh Forrest Gump, Titanic, Schindler's List, Unforgiven, Um yep. Dances With Dances with Wolves, and what's so, the other one? There's one well, more that there's one missing. Uh <laughs> Driving mistakes. Titanic?
1: Oh, di- Yeah. Um, time pieces are uh all like I guess that you know, you just naming all those out. Everything that won basically was a movie of history.
0: Mm, mm.
1: You know, Braveheart is about William Wallace. Titanic is about the Titanic. Uh, uh, Driving Miss Daisy is about an old lady from back
0: in the day. But I feel like they're – I guess the only exception would have been the Silence Silence of the Lambs. But you're right. I think all the other movies that won, maybe Driving Miss Daisy, but there's something – there's social commentary going on. But Mm -hmm. the other ones are historical whether inaccurate, Mm -hmm. English Patient obviously being about war, Shakespeare and Love obviously. Mm -hmm. Braveheart, Dances with Wolves, uh, Unforgiven is a time piece schindler's mm-hmm. list obviously what that's about forrest gump is mm-hmm. really kind of like a history of america from like the yeah. 1950s and and then obviously titanic was which was titanic
1: yeah uh so those are your big winners back in the day well th- those are the get, ones that it, won it, i'm not gonna you, say they were my really, big
0: winners but yeah those were the it, winning films
1: no I'm, I'm just trying to get myself back in that place yeah it's yeah, so yeah, like when sure. you go see a movie back in the day and you go see like a movie like Good Will Honey, and go oh that's pretty good, but you knew it wasn't going to take home Best Picture. Um, I think wait did well is, did, it it's a beautiful lighting. life. No, no, well anyways, I, I sorry I started getting off thought, topic. Uh, but like you'd go see a time period piece and go oh that's going to win <laughs> like mm. like that that's going to win.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, but but yeah, you know right. still they still got it fucking wrong you know more times than not i think in the 90s You think that? wait i, I think in the 90s and maybe of those 10 films that won it maybe maybe half of them were right Ooh, you know, like that's a fun people, conversation i mean and that's probably a deeper conversation but mm. right off the top of the head that the the one that people always will go back to is what was it 90 97 or 98 where basically what happened was thin red line and, uh, saving private Ryan, like canceled each other out mm-hmm. and, uh, Shakespeare and love one. Uh, so. That's a good show. Uh, Shakespeare and love was fine, but like saving private Ryan was certainly a, a better, a better film than that. Um, driving. Miss well, what, Daisy and and one thing you were-
1: kind of reminded me of whenever you're talking about, because I mean, imagine, uh, the John Singletary movie, uh, Boy Boys, you know, in, Boys the in the Hood. I got I it, it won and uh no. Mrs. Society probably didn't win any awards. No. But I I think before pre-internet, going to the movie theaters was like going to the internet. Like yeah. that that that's where you got your information from. So like movies and directions like that kind of opened our eyes to uh urban city. Um you know. Fresh Prince uh, lightened it up a bit. Guys like Martin Lawrence, you know, Mm -hmm. Martin. Oh man. Uh, And you know, maybe this would actually be a good time to segue to some of the fun shows like in living color or Saturday night Live. What are you?
0: Yeah. Well, so I, I I enjoyed in living color, but I, I am a, an SNL. I I still love SNL. mm -hmm. Even today. I love watching their bits. Um, you know, the the cast of the 90s, whether you start off with, you know, like your Phil Hartman and you close out with your should I guess Tina Fey was, Fair. Uh, was, you know, like was coming into it around, you know, like at the end of the, the century, just dozens upon dozens of, of great talent. And then SNL, they they did their films right uh, now. Not all of them were a success like Stewart saves his world or saves the yeah whatever. The Stewart film mm-hmm. wasn't very it wasn't very good. But Wayne's world, mm-hmm. huge. Coneheads thoroughly loved. Um I know Superstar didn't do very well and certainly neither did Night of the Roxbury. But you know what? Fucking Night of the Roxbury. I I can quote that movie. It's it's really funny. I know you're a fan. I know
1: you're a fan, man. <laughs> yeah. You're a big but, fan. Yeah. Um, I think Superstar might be in the other decade because it doesn't count. Or it I wasn't. Superstar
0: was 99.
1: Maybe. Maybe it was. Yeah. Uh, so, one of these things I'm picturing in my head is a phase out of National Lampoons into Saturday Night Live movies. Like, all of a sudden, we're not watching National Lampoon movies. Uh, you know what I mean? But so I started thinking about these guys, you know, because I know the Saturday Night Live cast, uh, but also like, uh, man, the Living Color class, with like Jamie Fox or uh, you know, the Wayans brothers, or Jim Carrey. Wait, uh, Jim
0: Carrey. Uh, I did. Did Jim Carrey well, have a big '90s? I, I so, don't know. So here's the thing: is he? I think he does. You know, forget we're handing out awards, mm-hmm.
1: so here's the thing: is I think he would be he's the next guy I, I for, mean, for the guy I'm going to say. Okay, okay, all right. Let me hear what and, you're going to um, say. And there are a lot of other guys. You got Mike Myers. You got your Adam Sandler's. And, uh, but uh, I want I want to read out a list of this guy's movies. Wayne's World, Wayne's World 2, Airheads, Billy Madison, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, Beverly Hills, Andrea, Dirty works, almost famous in 1998, 92 to 98. I can't remember what Fredo's name, the actor who played Fredo and the Godfather was, <laughs> but this is how dense a career can be. There is one guy who is a giant in the, like I love, I love Jim Carrey. And I love the other guys, but I would say Chris Farley. Um, I miss, hey, I miss you, buddy. I miss <laughs> you, brother. I ain't lying. Uh, but uh anyways, um the other guys, Chris Rock, Will Ferrell, Norm McDonald, uh, Adam Sandler, uh all those other guys are great. Uh but when I think of the nineties, I think about Chris
0: Farley, man. Yeah, Chris Farley had a um just ridiculous uh I mean and it it was like uh you know it was it was like a meteor, you know. It, you know, it was there one minute and then gone the next, unfortunately. You know, he he, he just he. he You know, uh, it's sad. You know, it's sad, but he—he was—he was was great. He was fucking hysterical. He—you know—he—I mean, you hear things that he did off the set, and how he was just always funny and just always having a good time. And yeah, he his—he was always Chris Farley. I mean, I don't know if when I when I think of any film that he ever did or ever saw him outside of being Chris Farley, but Chris Farley was fucking funny, you know? And uh he was in Wayne's World One and Two, obviously Chris Farley, playing two completely different characters in those <laughs> films. And it's not even remotely relevant or it doesn't need to be discussed. Him and Black Sheep and Tommy Boy is basically the same character, but it's not. Uh it, it, it's it's um no, he was great. He was, I'm not gonna say he was like for me, the the ultimate 90s comedian was Jim Carrey um, based on like box or, uh, box office receipts and uh, recognition. But Chris Farley certainly certainly makes the list. I think he had just a, a massive 90s and the world is a, a worse place without him in it.
1: Well, and I think they try to live on through Shrek, Uh, but Mm -hmm. no, I'm with you in a way. Maybe a great comparison to Jim Carrey and Chris Farley is a guy like Eddie Vedder and Kurt Cobain. In a way, if we didn't get to see, and kind of another theme of the '90s is the these artists. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing with Chris Farley, and once again to compare to uh, Chris Cobain or Kurt Cobain, is we saw uh, John Belushi. Like, we've been comparing him to John Belushi the entire since he since day one. And there was John Candy, who I think I thought John Candy died before Farley did. And he, did. And he died it, in
0: '93, I believe.
1: The one thing with Candy was he was always a big guy, but that was it. It was never like the other extracurricular stuff, like John mm. Belushi and stuff. So, uh, that was the only thing that I feel like in a Canadian way made his a little sadder, <laughs> but um, but. Like like I guess like Cobain and like Farley, we all kind of saw the writing on the wall in a way mm. and it was coming. And uh when it came, I think we you know I think a lot of us started um because we saw it coming, we started allowing that to, to put into our negativity. Right. You know, it almost like allowed us to justify reasons and stuff. Yeah.
0: But uh yeah. um, that's interesting that you say it like that because I was wondering like how you were going to bridge a gap between Chris Farley and Kurt Cobain. Because I'm like they they couldn't be any further apart, you know, uh like personality-wise and uh their what they what they what their specific skill sets were. But they were entertainers. They were entertainers. Yeah. And but where they there are there's a distinct parallel is the fact that both of their deaths were incredibly shocking, and you remember where you were when you heard about it. But neither one of them were really surprising You yeah. know, which like, which is very, very sad it's With very Cobain, sad. we
1: were thinking like, you know, James Dean Or, mm-hmm. you know, like we 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 were expecting Cobain You know, yeah. I, at least I feel like I was I think most people kind of weren't surprised When it did end up happening mm-hmm. uh, But to talk about a guy like Jim Carrey And, you know, somebody like it, You know, maybe Eddie Vedder is not the guy Maybe a guy like... Uh, Chris Cornell is a better example of uh, mm. a Jim Carrey, uh, somebody who's probably more talented, even it, from the physical aspect. Because mm. one thing about Farley was he was such a physical actor, but he was amazing. Uh, but Carrey probably is the more talented actor. And I think Chris Cornell is probably the more talented singer. But uh, there's something about living on that, uh, it, you know, like it, it a lot, <laughs> whoever dies gets to stay young, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And so, I, I guess in a way, I, I do want to say that about Farley is uh, okay. To, to, to tell to allow Carrie give his a little bit more is I, I think maybe we prejudge him because of later movies that came out that weren't as successful. Truman Show wasn't as successful. Go Back Doubt is a great show.
0: Uh, so mm. Truman Show one of my one of my favorite favorite nineties uh, films. Um, man, we we're only beginning to scratch the surface in this discussion how like how you and i were going to be able to keep this contained i i have no idea i think we're doing okay so far all things considered um what else within your notes do you want to you want to tackle i've got a few things that i'd like to get into but they're kind of like more kind of like final 15 20 minutes so what do all you
1: I'll try <laughs> I'm gonna to try to run through these things real quick, and you just uh, see if you got a talking point. Try to instigate a little bit. I don't know. Okay. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what Johnny Bones always said. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right. How about actor directors? I got a Kenneth Branagh who did something like a I don't know Dead Something, much ado about nothing, Hamlet, but. Mm-hmm. The only thing about the Hamlet was there was a better Hamlet version done. It was called The Lion King, people. All right, Kevin Costner, huh? Dancing with the Wolves. How about Clint Eastwood, Unforgiven? How about John Favreau? except he didn't get to direct it, right? And then there was, so that got me thinking about guys who had also written because they couldn't direct, like Ben Affleck and, uh, well, let's just say Ben Affleck for Goodwill Hunting. And <laughs> then you got guys like Mel Gibson, Kevin Smith. When Tarantino, um, I guess I kind of want to get into the young. I feel like these are the this is the actor director category. Mm. And, and I left Spike Lee off the list only because I feel like uh, his 90s movies didn't have him in them as
0: much as his mm-hmm. 80s movies. Yeah, he was in them. But yeah, like, um, you know, he he had a good 90s, but I think. I don't know. I don't. I don't think of him as a '90s filmmaker. I think he's. I think of him like a Spielberg in the mm-hmm. sense that he's been around for 40 some odd years, and his films have kind of transcended a specific decade. If he would have came out in the '90s, then it'd be a little bit different because obviously Quentin Tarantino is making films even today. But like his coming out party, if you will, was was you know in the '90s. You know, starting with Reservoir Dogs, going into Pulp Fiction, and, and then doing Jackie Brown. You know, like you, and then he had like a little a little um um small director credit in a little movie called Four Rooms that completely tanked but he he got to start really as a screenwriter you know he he wrote he wrote um true We're Romance. about the QT? Yeah Quentin Tarantino yeah yeah say to somebody else No, I think you're right. Yeah, but Tarantino, he wrote, I uh, I can't believe I forgot the name of it, Um, Natural Born Killers, right? Like by the time he did Pulp Fiction, he was well known as just as a writer. So when Pulp Fiction came out, I think of all the the writer directors of the 90s, I think he's got to be the biggest. You know, I, I just think he... It, he was a box office draw, but he was also a uh, a critic darling. He was nominated for boatloads of uh, Oscars. One for screenwriting. And did he win? An, did he
1: win an Oscar
0: for for like screenwriting? I think Pulp Fiction or Jackie Brown or one of them won for okay. screen for screenplay, not Best Picture, but because yeah. um, like '94 was the year that you had. Um, one of like the most ridiculous years for like nominated films. You had like Forrest Gump and Shawshank Redemption and, and Pulp Fiction. And I think like um, another movie that is uh, escaping me, like all nominated for best picture. And the, it just sounds like crazy that Pulp Fiction didn't win an Oscar, best picture or Shawshank Redemption didn't win an Oscar for the best picture because they all lost out to Forrest Gump, which is a phenomenal film in its own right. But all those movies came out in one fucking year. Which I is, watched is, that
1: movie last the other day. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. It holds up. It's good. It still holds up, but it is falling down the pecking order when it comes to actually, like, it's good. It's got a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh it it encapsulates the times. You learn more things about it. Oh man, what happens? Is, I mean, Jenny has a hard life. Very, uh, hard. very hard life. Um, uh, and forest, you know, but she doesn't treat Forest too well. No. You know, I got I got a lot of things. I feel very similar about Forest. Uh, but uh anyways, um I just think that it's, it's one of those movies when it came out and the soundtrack and everything, I was just like best movie ever and all that. Uh, but I do think it's one of those where if you took a decade uh, and I've started to think about this more, I can't remember which one of uh, the people you had on recommended like have a hundred thing and re-rank it every year. But what, what I think Forrest Gump is kind of falling down to like the, the 20 to 25 range okay. these days. Um Especially when I think about, you know, some of the other movies like Stargate holds up. But maybe that's because <laughs> of uh, sentimentality and how I have every single one of the action figures still.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> more about you Force than the time. Come,
1: doesn't All right. Hey, um, you want to hear some English movies? Okay. All right. Last of the Mohicans counts, by the way, because uh, it's England versus... <laughs> all right. 1992, last of the Mohicans. Uh, 93, in the name of the father, that's Daniel Day-Lewis. Boom, boom, back-to-back. We could talk about him. Uh, 94, oh, now we're getting to Hugh Grant, right? Four weddings in the funeral. 95, GoldenEye, right? Pierce Brosnan. 96, train Transplanting and English Patient. I think that one won an Academy Award timepiece. 97... I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to guess this movie. Strippers who work at a steel. Oh, uh, are you,
0: uh, are you for Monty?
1: Yes. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. How about this one? 98. Well, you, I think you already said it earlier. Do you know what took on the Academy Award? Because uh, apparently the other movies split it. Oh, uh, so,
0: uh, Shakespeare yeah. in love.
1: So, and I think Shakespeare in love I don't know if you want to have this conversation, but it kind of might also add to the uh when nudity all of a sudden started winning you awards.
0: I don't know. <laughs> Pastor, but thank you. I mean, sure. Sharon Stone, did she get an Oscar for her role in uh, Basic Instincts? Instinct? I, I don't think know, so. But... I
1: don't think so. But Halle Berry did later for Monsters Ball, but that was the 2000s. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Think, hey, so maybe we should look, thank you. Uh <laughs> you remember in, in, uh Can't How me Wait It was like oh, But you're so Gwyneth Yeah You're way Gwyneth <laughs> <laughs> He's not even Brad Pitt Not even Brad Pitt When Monkeys yeah. With that weird eye Uh Uh 99 Notting Hill Oh yeah. uh 98 Lock Sock So uh, uh, yeah, Guy Lock, Ritchie so Guy awesome. Ritchie was getting going as well I yeah. think M am not I think uh Christopher Nolan did a movie called Following mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was this estuary to use a nice little term between commercialism of the '80s and uh, the 2000s, whenever uh, big trilogies really started becoming sellable. Yeah, um, up until the, the point now that's died out in streaming. Now it's all about streaming. Uh yeah. But um, I think the '70s had an estuary after the like the '60s big movies like Cleopatra and her. Uh, I think '90s. If I'm looking from a historian' point of view, '90s kind of hit that same role where you had all these directors who were coming up, and they were their heroes were guys who got things done on a budget and how they got things done, and they were able to create great movies. But also, these guys who were their heroes didn't die off crazy things or become impoverished. They were like their heroes were working with them guys like James Cameron, guys like Michael Bay, or James. Michael Mann or whomever, uh, but Richard Linklater and Wes Anderson, all these guys got to keep watching these guys and they're coming through. And you just got this great time where I think directors um, were able to figure out how to use their money for the best way to create art. And and that's what we get with the nineties.
0: I agree. I think that is some good stuff. I think this would be a good opportunity for a transition moment into maybe Talking about like key key moments from maybe some of your favorite uh, favorite favorite scenes in films from the '90s, mm-hmm. and then uh, mm-hmm. if you've got anything else, but then mm-hmm. I want to talk maybe again play a couple of different games with you just in our in our final twenty or so minutes. So I want you to can I, I you, get um
1: one minute uh, just to think
0: about it real quick? You or- you 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 take that minute and. Uh, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll cue up a little mood music yes for the sir. listeners. Oh
1: man, I hope it's <laughs> the yes, Okay, oh, 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 oh. that was
0: that was impressive. That was impressive. Yeah. Um, Dude,
1: was, did you know her husband was her manager, bro? Who Renee? Renee, Renee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Renee, the guy said, Don't say anything, uh, whatever, like your voice, baby. We got to save your voice, so don't speak at all. Uh, unless you're singing, I don't want you
0: talking. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, now, so John, we've been chatting for well a while yet. We've covered as much as we possibly can in the the allotted time. Obviously, it's completely impossible to cover everything. Uh, but I think we, you know, we we we, you know, we we've had a little fun. But if you could, and if you if you've had time to prepare, if not, uh, then you know I can share mine, or we can just put this on hold and we can come back again tomorrow. But what I am curious about is what are some what are some of your favorite movie moments from the 90s? Have you, have, do, you do you does anything come to mind? Because I've got five that I've like I've just kind of thought of not necessarily completely my my top five, but five moments from the 90s that that I think about. And these are these are scenes that are definitively 90s for me. But I'm just curious if if you've got anything if you want. I can share or. You know, if you've got something, hit me up. You want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? (laughs) (laughs) You don't even have to you don't even have to do the sound. I know exactly I know exactly the moment. That's a good that's a good scene. That's a good scene.
1: Well, no, well Dumb and Dumber is a a great movie. It's probably a better movie than any of the Chris Faley movies. Uh Mm -hmm. I just I love that guy. Uh no, well. 90s movies uh how about in how about the scene in the rock the shower scene? you're down there we're up here commander you put the rollercoaster you
0: know and they just like blasting away i think what i think of the rock the scene that i think of from the rock is like sean connery is like walking away and i can't remember when nicholas cage asks him but sean connery gives him a thumbs up and uh nick cage is like Okay. Right. What does
1: that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, keep in mind Sean Connery had been in prison since the '60s. Yeah. uh You know, he's.
0: I take pleasure Nicholas in you.
1: What's mm. wild is Nicholas Cage was like a fan of the Beatles, so he was in a British culture, and he obviously do like Henry VIII later on in the uh, interrogation scene, but perhaps. uh Perhaps Sean Connery was like a Beach Boys fan, you know? Maybe he mm-hmm. was like giving it a thumbs up like that. Who knows? Maybe they maybe. were multi
0: Maybe. Who, maybe.
1: Ah, uh, Braveheart. Okay. Oh, uh, is it the freedom scene or <clears throat> when um the best scene in Braveheart? No, nah, it's probably the hunting scene with him and Steven. And, and, and like he's hunting a deer and all of a sudden like because you, you, you don't know who's hunting who and you kind of think it might be Steven mm-hmm. but then he comes out and Steven just nails the dude and he goes I didn't like him. He wasn't right <laughs> in the head. <laughs> he just takes it and then it ends with the bag fights going <laughs> like It's right, right, yeah. nice hopeful little beat and stuff. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of great scenes in that movie. Uh oh man I could tell you my favorite uh, I mean Last of the Weekends, it's the end scene it's the running you know like whenever they're running across the cliffs and stuff like that and they're trying to get the girls back and stuff it, and like stay alive we'll, yeah no matter, no matter happens, how long it takes no matter how we I will far, find you I will find you well and who would have thought Daniel Day-Lewis was going to be the greatest actor of all time Right. Back then right yeah and maybe that's where like uh, whenever I thought about like the change of the guard as a theme, uh, all the guys, it, it's probably about my age. Maybe there's a bunch of 20 year olds who are living at Timothy Shyamalan, but uh, like, I, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and still all the best movies. dino D Lewis still in all the best movies, you know? Uh, all, and I don't, it reminds me of the 60s music whenever I hear like the Beatles and and I'm not surprised when guys like Paul McCartney and George Harrison and even uh, Ringo off and make their own songs and still are writing. I think I think I think, there's a high standard of work rate going on in the 90s and uh, there's a fun level of sharing. Mm-hmm. But, um, I agree. But the person who probably is the best of all. I mean, who conquered the 90s, right? That's Kevin Costner. Water Look world? into my eyes. You <laughs> oh, see what you mean. Uh, Robin Hood is mm-hmm. probably the best Robin Hood of all time. And that is saying something
0: people. Because <laughs> he is, he, 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 there's a couple scenes where he has almost an English accent and then it's completely abandoned. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: he, he was ahead of his time. See, not <laughs> then, if
0: you showed but you didn't win
1: the Academy Award. Nowadays, if you show butt, you do win the Academy Awards. it just, it was a it was just too progressive of a movie.
0: Yeah, it was too progressive. <laughs> well, it just wasn't ready for
1: Costner, <laughs> but yeah. No. Well, you never, you never, you never,
0: <laughs> you, you never ready for that. Uh, Kevin Costner, but. All right. Yeah. So I've got a few scenes, not necessarily my favorite films, because I, I we'd be here all day, but some of my favorite scenes uh-huh. was uh the the final scene in the usual suspects, the mm. the, the Kaiser Sose yeah. uh uh realization mm. and then the 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 walk. Mm-hmm. Like and then he you know Kaiser Sose gets in the car and yeah. then he, the big reveal at the end. Some was, some
1: days I hope I have amnesia.
0: Uh, just so I could rewatch that scene. Yeah, that's it's just such a ridiculously fulfilling, yeah. fulfilling scene. Like, oh, yeah. who's who's ooh. the
1: who's the interrogator
0: in that? Because I feel Chaz like that's commentary. I feel like he's like an eighty guy who's
1: kind of once again fizzling out. Grab
0: my ass!
1: <laughs> 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 oh no, I was thinking about neither Rockspire. It's like, hey, that's did you grab- yeah,
0: that that's was not a- the
1: same guy. Is
0: it? Chaz, Pal- Ch- Chaz Yeah. <laughs> Are you Chaz Pal- <laughs> yeah Chaz, Palmin- <laughs> Palmin- yeah, Chaz Palmin- Terry was in neither Roxbury and uh usual suspects and now I have to look it up he got, he uh, got smaller than man he Chaz got. Palmin- uh, uh, Bronx Tale, usual suspects uh, so he's definitely the usual suspects
1: you grab uh, my ass I, I want it, it, it has to be him I, yeah. I don't think it is is it different? unless he kind of Got cancer
0: halfway through or right. AIDS. Did you, you, you got my ass. You grab Googling. Did you grab my ass? <laughs> Which
1: is Colin.
0: Mr. Zadir. Okay, here we go. Mr. Zadir. I'm not at the Roxbury. Chaz Palmeteri. I am right. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, great. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but it's a so, great scene. Yes, wonderful scene. And then scene. it goes, and you're seeing the boat. But back, you know, and thinking about that
1: movie, it's like back in those days, scenes. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I just, I, I, I okay. I I didn't realize we were talking about. Um, like I I
0: thought we could going talk about each scene. Well, we are talking. I just, to, I just wanted to. I just wanted to get through this. Like, I have to edit this thing. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I mean, okay. It all night. Um, okay. But The Usual Suspects is definitely a movie that uh, warrants a, a deeper conversation because it, it's it, it's such a good film as does Night of the Rocks, very obviously. Uh, we mentioned briefly, but an iconic scene was the leg Cross scene and Basic Instinct. It was something that when I saw, I would have been like 10 or 11, and I was like, wait, what did I just see? But the world stopped in that scene. The movie, That scene was parodied so many times, and it was... It, it, it it was it was a shocking moment in within American like culture, like wait, wait, because it wasn't just like kind of like a like a faux nudity, but it was it was it was a power play. And we were seeing kind of like this new era of kind of like feminism um kind of explored in a different, like provocative way, which was really, really interesting. And I remember just being a kid seeing that not completely comprehending what what I was really witnessing, other than the obvious. But just how that that moment would then be a catalyst for a lot of other things that we would see cinematically in the 90s when it comes to like expression. um so well, the, well, to
1: piggyback off that. in the 80s, I can remember like uh women having jackets that had shoulder pads in them. and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you get this uh fem- like there have been women like this in time, but it's like the re-expression of the woman, the film, teeth or the, the uh a woman who's not afraid of her sexuality right right you can mm-hmm. use it to her to her power yeah And i do think that that's a great call out that i i think that scene in particular but like it could it set a whole
0: tone of this stronger woman who's not yep. afraid of her sexuality yeah for sure um another scene that i think of a lot is the uh the a, another big reveal but the What's in the box? Moment from Seven oh. at the at the end of that movie, and mm-hmm. you you know what's going to come, and you're, you're kind of torn. Like on one hand, you don't want Janto to win his game. On the other hand, mm-hmm. you totally uh, mm-hmm. totally are in Brad Pitt's mm-hmm. corner in that mm-hmm. moment, and you are you're you're torn. You're completely torn with mm-hmm. which is really fun because it messes with the expectations of you as a viewer would what you want to do, you know what the right thing is because, uh, you know, our, our conscience is Morgan Freeman in that scene. Like, don't do it. Like, put down the gun. Oh, I would have
1: shot the guy.
0: Exactly. That's I think we thing. all would have shot the guy. But by shooting him, he wins his game. He loses his career. He's already <laughs> lost his family. You know, like, it's... I'm a poor boy from the sticks. I don't care, man. It, <laughs> I, it, it, <laughs> it's, just, it's It's such a fun... Again, just a conversational piece well, to, you know, how Kevin would you Kevin Spacey, in? once again, Kevin Spacey, right? No, she was, he, he was amazing. Kevin Spacey. And he's egging him
1: on the whole mm-hmm. time in the cap or the ride down there. And he picked his target well.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Kevin no, Spacey had a, a magnificent career in the 90s. Magnificent career um, until obviously he didn't have a career anymore, but. In the 90s, Kevin Spacey, you know, whether it was Usual Suspects, whether it was American Beauty, whether it was Seven, um, Swimming with Sharks, you know, The Ref, he was in all sorts of really good films and really great, rich performances. But the that moment uh, when uh, he, he talks about taking her her precious little head and, mm-hmm. the, oh, oh, it's so – and then the – I envy you. Know, she, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that well, scene. It, and who knows if even that was true? maybe he's just trying to do that to get Brad Pitt oh, no, it's definitely true because uh because Morgan Freeman <laughs> saw saw her head
1: yeah no he knew about
0: he, well, he, knew, he knew the and killing happened for the life of her unborn child but, and that's well, when he, he smacked him because the yeah, fact yeah. that Morgan Freeman knew about that yeah and and then that was one of the the most gut-wrenching things and he's like cuz he kind of like laughs he's like huh. You didn't know, and it was just like, mm. oh, my God, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. it's 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 an iconic conic, like life changing scene. If you've seen that movie, you know that scene and that is perfect cinema because it's something that you only need to see it once. Nobody's ever seen seven. And it's like, wait, I didn't know that happens. You remember just like the end of six cents, which is another moment like that that I've got on my list it's not even the I see dead people line which is so perfectly uttered in the sixth sense it's when Cole talks to um um Bruce Willis's character it's like you know talk to her when she's asleep you know um and he has no idea. He's like, that's, you know, people listen or something like that. And he come, he he saved the day. He saved Cole. Cole and his mother have had their connection. He's cured this kid of like his fear of ghosts. Everything is wonderful. And this, is I, I go back and I've shared this story a hundred times and I'll share it a hundred times more. I was working in a movie theater when this movie came out and we screened it three or four days before it would have released. And this was before Rotten Tomatoes, the website and all that shit, you know. Uh, critics buzz meant something but this is a movie unlike many that have benefited from word of mouth in a way that we haven't seen since when i saw this movie on like a tuesday night before it premiered like on a friday night i was loving the movie i thought it was a good film and then everything was good and you know cole has a conversation with his mother like She saw you dance and it's like, oh, my God, chugging with like like really pulling on the heartstrings and like, oh, this is so beautiful. And like, this is a great movie. This is wonderful. And then final scene, Bruce Willis walks home and he's going to have that moment with his wife and they're finally connect. And it's like, oh, this is this this is such a touching movie, such a weird thriller. And then she says, why? And he's like, why, would like, why, Malcolm, why, why did you leave? He's like, leave. I, I didn't go anywhere. And then, you know, she drops the ring And then it like rolls across the room. And I just remember literally the hairs on the back of my, you know, like uh, on the back of my neck, like standing up going, Oh my God. Oh my God. And then he looks at his hand, sees that his ring isn't on there. And then he realizes that he's dead. And I'll just never forget thinking this movie is going to be fucking huge. And it had a good opening. It had a good opening week in the box office. But like in its second and third week, it outperformed like those first couple of weeks and everybody, it was a word of mouth movie. You have to see this movie. You have to see this film. And a lot of people wanted to see because of the twist, like this this really great twist. But the reason why the twist works so well is because everything is set up perfectly from scene to scene in that movie. Thematically, the colors, the visual cues, the acting of uh, uh, you know the the young actor who, whose name is escaping me right now. After talking about Haley Joel Osment, yeah, Haley Joel Osment. Thank you. But that's, nominated. You know yeah. who he lost to? No.
1: Michael Caine. Also not. Nom- yeah, settle Harris for rules. Also nominated that year. I think it was Michael Clark
0: Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. Okay.
1: Or you know a movie.
0: Was it The Green Mile?
1: It was The Green Mile. Yes, yeah. sir. He got so excited. I guess I remember watching him. Uh, but no, he had a good one. Yeah. So um, those are the so things I think I of. W- I was the kid who heard about the ending before I saw it.
0: Mm-hmm. Many people did.
1: And I never went to the theater, never cared. But I'm also like as a cinephile, I'm the person you don't want. like. You do not want to tell that to. Right. Like, some people might forget. I'm not going to forget that. And uh, so everyone, the entire experience for me,
0: uh, it, it's done that for a lot of people. And the movie, you know, the it, it's part of pop culture lore. The, you know, uh, Bruce Willis was dead at the end of Sixth Sense, you know, like the jizz in your pants um, song, uh, you know, it, it's, Luke
1: and I am your father. Like, like I think mm-hmm. it's kind of right up there with like, yeah, they were dead the whole time and stuff like that. I
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like in a lot way, it's like Kaiser Sozak. Uh But except for nobody really saw Kaiser Sabzak because that was rated R, right?
0: Uh, but so but not, th- that that was, those that are things was a I think one. of that were just pivotal. And then the last thing I got mm. on uh, my list is The Matrix. But everything from The Matrix, whether it was the slow motion, whether it is the he's like no, and he just puts his hand and every, just these special effects of that movie from start to finish. That entire movie was just kind of this is fucking crazy so th- those those are things that I think of not all of them are necessarily my favorite films from the 90s although I enjoy all of those but I mean it's hard for me to really say my favorite films because of the fact that like whether it was whether it was Pulp Fiction or Fight Club or Forrest Gump or Home Alone or Seven, Groundhog Day, My Cousin Vinny, Face Off, Matrix, Shawshank it goes on and on and on like
1: I think a movie like Point Break is like, yeah, Point I guess break. that's ninety. I, I guess that's 90s, but also like I can see how that's late 80s, you know, like in a way like it's it's kind of uh, it's a great movie and I love it. a movie it, that I love. Uh Yeah. And, and that's a whole nother thing is like all these like whenever you sit back and look at it, and you just, you know, look at whoever your favorite actor was, whether it's you know, uh, Morgan Freeman driving Miss Daisy, right, uh, uh, all the way through what he did, or, uh, mm-hmm. man, Russell Crowe or Tom Hanks. I, like, I went into a thing like, oh, man, Tom Hanks. Like, gr- like Tom Hanks was in everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then I Absolutely. look at, like, a guy like uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, who started stronger. Then all of a sudden he went, he he decided to go on hiatus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then obviously, like, now hindsight, it was for the right thing. So uh, it's fun to look back now and just see all these great people and um, in in a wild way though Andrew wasn't it a simpler time and that is like it really does fill into like let me ask you this question why do people go back to 90s movies
0: you know I think I think just cinema over, over the decades you know is a constantly evolving and often improving art form, right? Whether we look at the silent films of of the teens and 20s and 30s, what have you, and then you get into the film noirs of the like the 1940s or the, you know, the 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 uh the genius of Alfred Hitchcock or or Orson Wells and you know in your 50s and 60s. And then your era of the 70s where that was kind of like the um your kind of your avant not avant garde, but your 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 genius filmmakers. You know those uh, the Francis Ford Coppolas or the, uh, the 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 beginning of Spielberg or George Lucas or uh, Roman Polanski. You know, so your your filmmaker era, and then the eighties brings on really the the birth of finding that other. Other avenues are marketable and profitable. This isn't just something as an art form, but now some that will generate a lot of revenue. So you started to see teen movies come into, into the fold, you know, the birth of the Brat Pack, um, continued evolution of Spielberg family films, evolution of Martin Scorsese crime drama, which then will transition into the nineties where now technology is catching up that we can have improved special effects, higher budgets, that you, you can have higher production value in a lot of the film in a lot of these films. Um, and then you're seeing the birth of a new generation of filmmakers. We're no longer seeing boomers making films. You're now starting to see Gen Xers making films. Again, your Kevin Smiths, your your Wes Andersons, your um Quinn Tarantino's, your Kevin Williamsons, you know, um, who will go on and do things that'll like write scream, which brings the slasher genre, back from the dead. And you know, so why the nineties are why people go back to the nineties, it was, it might have been like the 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 full the first fully fleshed out decade of 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 cinema in a way that we the technology had caught up. And granted, you know, we we're now in completely in you know the 21st century, in a completely different caveat, but nobody would have really explored. Nobody had the, the means to explore CG and and make a, a dinosaur movie in the way that Spielberg did or um, an alien film in the way that Starship Troopers. Now, granted, a lot of practical effects, but, you know, your your close ups were still animatronics, but your, your far away shots were special effects. So they had looked at that, but higher production value, because, again, the marketability people people were making a lot of money on these, you know? So instead of a film like Star Wars, when it came out, it was $15 million, ton of money. It did very well, but there was a lot of bullshit because the special effects couldn't keep up, which is what made Star Wars so unique. And it launched its own, uh, special effects company. But anyway, long answer short or short answer long, um, the, the nineties was that decade that everything became a lot more, Fleshed out, and you had better, better quality, better stories, better storytellers, and the technology to help make this impactful. And a new generation to to share another story, and and marginalized groups that now had their opportunity to share their stories. You're on mute.
1: Do you feel like the lack of the internet, like uh, kind of almost? like maybe people have to focus in and do their own work
0: perhaps like, i'm i'm sure there's definitely something to it i don't have a thesis on that but uh, yeah for sure i imagine the the um the internet or even the globalization of of our universe definitely could play a part in the way that uh that 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 art was created absolutely
1: I think I think that was beautiful and well said. Um, thank you, man. I, I think you're right. I, uh, you know, and, and it's always moving and
0: changing, and you know things change. Uh, so, I I think those are great scenes. Wow, uh, thank you. I know you know we've been chatting, and I really do want to get this podcast out. There very well might be a '90s episode part two for us uh, to explore later on this year. I might uh-huh. have another '90s month. I don't know. The '90s is one of my favorite decades, but I do want to play a couple little games with you. I want to kind of power this out because I, I we're, we've already hit our ninety minute threshold. Yes. Uh, but so I'm
1: ready. I'm ready to play. All right. Other than game this, game. other than this, I'm going to read out my favorite quote
0: because oh, out, out of
1: out of everything you just said, your favorite scenes, I want to tell you my favorite scene. Okay, go. I'm going to keep it short. This is how I did it. I never saved anything for the swim back.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Um, That is a movie that that I'll be taking a deep dive into later on this year. One of my all time favorite sci-fis in Gattaca. Love Gattaca. Gattaca. It has a brother.
1: It has a brother dynamic to it. Mm -hmm. It has a uh... movie. So good.
0: So good. So underrated. Oh man, I love Gattaca. Gattaca is one of my all-time favorite films, not even just for a 90s movie, but just one of my all-time favorite films. Good I, will call. Play your game. I will play your game now. I, I uh, will
1: finish the game, but thank you for saying that. I'm so, glad you like that scene. It's an amazing scene. I never saved is. anything. I never saved anything, Anton. I love yeah. that. I love the idea of never, you know, just just go for it. And if you're
0: listening to this and you're tired, just keep going. Mm -hmm. Just keep going. All right. The game we're going to call this is I'm seeing double, which uh uh so for the listeners at home, we're going to call this I'm seeing double. Basically, we're going to give you two movies that share very, very similar plot lines and you just have to make a choice. So, for example, I'm going to say Armageddon or Deep Impact. You Mm -hmm. have to say which of those two movies you prefer. So, oh, oh, again, Armageddon or Deep Impact. Armageddon. Armageddon. Two movies that both involve the end of the world due to uh, a meteor coming to crash into crash into the earth. The,
1: yeah, the, uh, Armageddon had a better soundtrack. Uh, better oh, cast. I do you want me to go in? Do, the, do you want to? You don't, we don't yeah, have to go I into mean, we, it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and the, mean, protagonist like, had, like the protagonist had the the best last name ever.
1: I think the thing though Amber. is like I think
0: I think Deep Impact will have a good
1: comeback to it because it is the. The more realistic one, but as it's coming up, let me ask you this, Andrew: Tombstone or wider?
0: Tombstone. Don't even yeah. have to, don't even have to think about it. Yeah, Tombstone.
1: but wider's more accurate, but Tombstone is way more. It's way better.
0: It's, it's, way, it's a lot more fun. A lot more quotable. Yeah, better yeah. cast. Uh, a more of a more popcorn uh, pleasing uh, film. Yeah. Point Break or Drop Zone? <laughs> Uh, man, Weston is
1: pretty good in drop zone. He is, he's uh, really good. He, he is pretty solid. Uh, but I'm
0: It's point break. Don't use point break. I
1: just want to talk about the suck zone uh from <laughs> Twister. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's something different.
0: That's something yeah, different. But no,
1: no, no, it's point break, yes.
0: Um
1: I like this game.
0: Yep. Ed TV, a- Ed TV or the Truman Show. This one's tough for you because you know uh, there's a couple Texans in EdTV. Yeah,
1: I know. I'll go with uh, I'll go with EdTV.
0: Okay, I'm going the Truman Show.
1: Yeah, no, that, that was the, that was probably you're probably right. I'm just gonna go with Woody Harrelson. You know, also uh, Jenna Elfman, mm-hmm, the great mm-hmm. Jenna
0: Elfman, and uh, this one, I, know the, I don't, you know, I. <laughs> I don't know if there's really a right answer for this one, but I'm going to go. I'm going to say it anyway, because, you know, they're obviously very, very similar Uh, Uh showgirls or striptease.
1: Showgirls or striptease, showgirls or striptease. Uh, uh, Probably. So I'm going to answer this is which one would I if I had to walk out of this room and watch it, I'm going to watch striptease. Um, I don't ever want to watch Showgirls again.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to say Showgirls because the movie is so fucking bonkers. And I'm now on like this whole per, uh, Paul Verhoeven kick where I want to go back and revisit that movie to think that maybe, maybe that movie. No,
1: no, man. <laughs> I feel like he's just, dude, he's just getting y'all to to rewatch his movies. Like they're they're deep and they're good. But, dude, I've read... Game of Thrones five times and (laughs) you don't get like it's at some point there's like a cost loss
0: analysis (laughs) (laughs) like you don't need to revisit. Okay, all right, we're we're running out of time. We're running out of time. Okay, okay. Hackers. Oh, hackers or the net. Hackers. Hackers. All right, and arguably the toughest one that I've got on the list. Singles or. reality bites. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Singles. Um I think they're both uh perfect films when it comes to music. I think the Singles soundtrack is a better soundtrack. Uh Reality real, Reality Bites I think does a really interesting job of really discussing growing up and again kind of like revolting against their parents. where Singles is more it, it's a it's a dating study, but there there are some really Fun themes they look at, and I do love the idea of the the like the the big big connection that people have emotionally is now like through 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 a device, but it's not a phone. It's like a it's a garage door clicker, but it's still a device that you hold in your hand that you can now like you're now connecting. You give somebody your garage door clicker, they have access to your home, you know. And I and I find that kind of an interesting kind of subtle theme. So anyway. That was uh, that was a game that I've got. Uh, I think Reality
1: Bites... Uh, I just think Singles just... It, it's a better story, but maybe it's just because it, it's set in Seattle, during Seattle, going crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can I ask you a few questions real quick? Yes. All right. Only two go by. Toy Story, Lion King, Space, Fan, uh, Space Jam, Sandlot. Two... I can only, I can- I can only take two? You can only take two. Toy Story, Lion King, Space Jam, Sandlot.
0: Okay, Sandlot and Toy Story.
1: Okay. Matrix, Jurassic Park, Titanic, Terminator 2.
0: Okay. Uh, Matrix, Jurassic Park.
1: All right. Pulp Fiction, Fight Club, Seven, Usual Suspects.
0: Fuck you. Um, Okay, Pulp Fiction... Usual Suspects, Fight Club, and Seven. Yep. I'm going to take Pulp Fiction and Seven. Nice.
1: All right. Big Lebowski, Boogie Nights, nice. Kingpin, Dumb and
0: Dumber. <laughs> dumb and Dumber and uh, Big Lebowski. All right. Heat, Shawshank, Goodfellas, Silence of the Lambs. <sighs> Silence of the Lambs, Shawshank. All right. And by the way, like I would argue that I love 98% of every film you've just listed.
1: All right. Well, here's the real tough one. Hook, Robin Hood, Dancing with Wolves, Braveheart.
0: Okay. Um, just Hook, so if,
1: if it was funny and nobody could hear, that would be Hook with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. Robin Hood with Alan. Uh, thank you. Kevin and his butt. <laughs> and his <laughs> butt.
0: Dancing with Wolves and... And Braveheart. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a hook. Um just because I I, I just quote that movie all the time. It's um good movie. Uh, it's it's so ridiculous, but and it's not a great film, but I, I I quote the hell out of it. So now I'm left with Braveheart, Robin Hood, or dance with wolves. Dance I'm gonna I'm gonna eliminate dances with wolves right off the bat. Not because it's not good. But no. It,
1: well, you got two ha- Kevin Costner movies, you should yeah. take out
0: one of them. Yeah, Robin Hood or Braveheart. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Both historical dramas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you almost happy there for a second. Um you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Robin Hood. I'm gonna say all Robin. Right, Hood. Nice. I'm gonna say Robin Hood. I'm,
1: <laughs> <laughs> all, right. Um, all
0: right. That's all I've got for you. That was Although fun. I do, I you know, I have got a similar game. But we're gonna call this the either or. I'm gonna give you two options. Oh. Just kind of like the I'm seeing double, but now I'm gonna give you something. Uh, in the in you know, just another another way. So here we mm-hmm. go, real quick. Yep. Radio. Oh, oh creep. Stonehill Pilot's creep or Radioheads creep? STP. Okay. Uh Spice Girls or Britney Spears.
1: Do I get all the Spice Girls?
0: <laughs> you can have all of them. <laughs> Spice Girls. Uh, Pearl Jam or Nirvana? Pearl Jam. Jim Carrey or Mike Myers?
1: That's still so tough. Uh, are we talking 90s?
0: Yes. Jim Carrey. And lastly, which supermodel from George Michael's "Freedom"? Cindy Crawford, uh, Naomi Campbell, Christy Turlington. Um. We'll just say we'll just say Naomi Campbell, or uh, we'll just say Naomi Campbell, or um, or uh, uh Cindy Crawford.
1: Well, I. And me would we'll take them all out
0: <laughs> Yes, i'm not i'm not gonna choose between the any of them all right well um, i think this was uh this was a lot of fun uh i was gonna get, put you on the hot seat ask you some questions but these ones are really tough so i'm just gonna throw these for the listeners so the top like, grossing...
1: wait, oh, 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 wait, oh. are you okay no, uh, I th- I thought you were going to ask me
0: like uh, who was the it girl of the 90s? Who who was the it girl of the 90s? I don't know. All right, moving on. Um what do you think was the top of the highest grossing film of the 90s? Titanic. Very good. Um how about the the top grossing album? Kate albums? Winslet. Kate Winslet might in the Oh, it girl. very good call. Uh, um, top grossing album? Ooh, um I'll give you a clue. No no to, no don't
1: don't don't give me a clue. I don't want your clues. Does it have to do with Whitney Houston
0: and yes, the bodyguard? Yes, bodyguard, very good. <laughs> Um which actor won the most also Oscar? Kevin
1: Costner? He should have shown more butt in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> man, he would have been taking home some Oscars that year.
0: Uh shout out to Waterworld. We need to, you know, if nothing else, we need to mention that movie because it also came out in the nineties. Another uh Kevin Dennis Oscar Hopper,
1: role. Kevin Costner. It's so fun, man. Which actor yeah, won
0: the girl. most Oscars for best actor in the nineties?
1: Sorry, which actor won the Oscar for Best Actor in the nineties? Is yeah, that the question? Won the most. So Tom Hanks won two, right? Philadelphia and Forrest Gump.
0: That's it. That's your okay. winner. And which artist had the most number one hits on the Billboard Hot One Hundreds in the nineties?
1: Was it still Michael
0: Jackson? No, no, no. no. Oh, which Celine Dion? close uh, i'll give you a clue was She's a very very extensive vocal range i don't know She really hit those high notes all right mariah Carey. mariah carey okay was this okay well but john that's all i've got i want to get this episode out there's yeah. so much more we can talk about we're gonna we're gonna park other conversations that we've got on this one and i know that we're gonna bring you back uh a few times this year, so we'll be able to go back on things that we didn't cover. But shoot, we we just we just went and did about close to two hours worth of conversing about the 90s. And I I know we've barely begun to scratch the surface, but I think there's enough content for our listeners to have a good time and enjoy this. Anything that you want to close out to in our in our final 30 seconds? No. <laughs> no, no, no. That man no. keeps it short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, it it? bye
1: y'all. Thanks for bye, listening. Y'all. That's yeah. always
0: good. Yeah, bye y'all. Thanks for listening. Again, thank you everybody for 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 listening to uh John and I. Uh go on one of our, our lengthy uh lengthy chats. Hopefully you had a good time listening to this because we had a lot of fun. Uh, making this. John is literally laughing as I'm closing this episode out. So I know <laughs> I like you like have... them apples. I <laughs> feel like them apples. Oh shit. Well done. So a lot of takeaways from this this conversation, a lot of movies that we discussed. A lot of things happened in the 90s. Um a really, really important decade cinematically, certainly pop culture wise, a lot going on. And um that was our January month. Thank you very much. February, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see the softer side. We're gonna do a whole month featuring um, love as February is you know the the Valentine's month. So we're gonna we're gonna hear a, a beautiful real life lo- love story that I've got coming on. Can you
1: feel the love tonight? Oh, thank you, John.
0: Um, but that's what we're gonna be doing all month long for February. So be on the lookout. We'll see you next week. But until then, please be sure to rate, listen, subscribe, share with your friends. Talk to everybody about Stamper Cinema. Visit my website, StamperCinema.com. And until next time, we'll see you on another episode of Stamper Cinema. Say goodbye, John. Bye-bye.